As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Faith within your hands. Oh, 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 oh. Faith within your hands. Oh, 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 oh. Faith within your hands. Oh, oh. Ready, set, imagine. Creative Poison audience, this is Tommaso Cartia, I am the Editor-in-Chief of Creative Poison. I'm here to continue our series, Aztec Creativity Will Save Us. We say when venues close, windows open, a much needed vision into the future after uh, the COVID-19 emergency or during the COVID-19 emergency. You've been so kind to follow us through our Hashtag Creativity Will Save Us series on YouTube, where we follow the lives of 50 artists uh, hit very harshly during uh, the lockdown and the pandemic. And we saw how they survived through their creativity, productivity, and resilience. And today we are here to explore the world of classical music with one of our protagonists of Hashtag Creativity Will Save Us, she is an international uh, sensation, international pianist, Cristiano Pegoraro, also the artistic director of the Narnia Festival that uh, has just ended. So we're going to have uh, a very close uh, glint into uh, what uh, meant for an artistic director in terms of COVID-19 to uh, orchestrate uh, a festival that's as articulated as the Narnia Festival is, a classical festival, but also an educational programs and uh, a variety of disciplines and arts uh, in the region of Umbria, Narni, in Italy. We are we can't wait to have Cristiana on here connected with us. She's a very good friend of Creative Poison. I really miss her. I used to to enjoy her her talent here in New York City because she was a regular at Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center, and and then like she was circling the world with uh, with the music from New York City to Europe to Asia. She was one of the first uh, women ever in history to perform. Uh, in the countries of the Persian Gulf, and there she is. I'm going to say hi to Christiana and add her to our conversation. Hello, dear. Ciao, hi. Christiana. Hi, so nice to see you. Hi, it is everybody. so nice. It is so nice to see you as well. We haven't seen each other in months. Oh, my yes. goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. But you look wonderful. <laughs> and you as well. You look, you look so beautiful. Where are you right now? I'm in Narni, beautiful Umbria. Yes, I was telling our our audience about your uh, your wonderful Narni festival that we're going to talk about it. So you're in Umbria, an enchanting region of, of, of Italy, our beloved Italy right now. You used to, to be here in New York City all the time. I was telling our audience about your concerts at Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center. And then, of yeah. course, because of this very harsh 
lockdown and the pandemic, you needed to go back to Italy for a more, for you know, for this moment in time. And but then you persevered with your resilience, with your love for art, with love for music, and you pushed it, and you realized almost a miracle. Uh, you yeah, you, you produced the Nanya Festival, which is such an articulated festival in times of COVID nineteen. So we're gonna like touch base with all these topics. I was telling our audience uh, that we were so grateful to have you on our YouTube series, Hashtag Creativity Will Save Us. You sent us a very beautiful message in music. So I wanted to start this conversation with you by asking how did you feel back in that moment in time, you know, when uh, the emergency started and how are you feeling today, Christiana? Okay, well, um, actually at the very beginning was uh, uh, a big shock for me because I was used to travel all the time and play concerts around the world. So just being stuck in one place and without even having an idea of what was going to happen, uh, just put me in a very uh, uncertain space, I would say. Um, it was shocking for the first week but then I realized that I had to take advantage of the time as well. So I started being very productive. Mm -hmm. I started working at new projects. I've been very, very active actually. Uh, just, just doing things, so concerts online and lessons online and uh, recording uh, music and music. sending also messages in music to all my friends through WhatsApp. Yes, <laughs> yes, I received those. Thank exactly. you so much for that. <laughs> exactly, and that kept me very busy. And uh, so, you know, I, as I used to say at that time, um, we need to take any bad situation and turn it into a good situation and just try, try to do the best we can in that time. So anyway, now it's much different, of course. Um, I'm back in Italy. Of course, I've been here all this time, but uh, things are slightly better. So we started having a little musical activity by now. And uh, yes, I managed to have my Narnia Festival this year as well, which was uh, very challenging, of course, because it's not easy. And we need to take care of a lot of rules. And, you know, when you have a lot of people also coming, you are responsible for everything. And uh, so it was uh, a big challenge, but I'm very, very happy about the result. I uh, experienced something that I've never experienced before. Um, all these people, students and artists are just willing to go back to the stage and participate in lessons mm -hmm. live, you know, in person. So that was amazing to see. And, you know, it's, it's like um, you appreciate more things when you don't have them and then you have them. So it makes a difference. And I was surprised to see uh, a huge number of students applying mm -hmm. to our uh, courses and programs. And that was uh, beautiful to see, surprising, but beautiful. And also the joy of the artists on stage, you know, they all share this uh, uh, joy of being back. And, you know, for an artist, of course, no matter how much you do online, being on stage with a real audience is a totally different thing. So that was really to see, yes. Of course, like I... When you, because uh, we were, uh, we spoke through throughout like this month and you, you told me like, I, I managed to do it. I'm getting to production for the Narnia Festival. And actually I had no doubts that you could have made it 
just because by knowing you, uh, I knew about your resilience and you about your spirit. I would say like you are a, you are a very gifted classic pianist, but I would say that you have such a rock attitude in life and on stage as well. And uh, also um, because you've been pioneering in the world of classical music, uh, like you've been one of the first uh, to transcribe, like for example, Italian operas for, for piano, or you've been one of the first women ever in history to be invited uh, to perform in the, in the Persian Gulf countries, which was a, a big challenge uh, back, in the, back in those times. So I always felt like Christiane is a real pioneer. So I'm sure that she's <laughs> gonna be uh, as a pioneer in this situation of COVID-19. And probably you are one of the fewest, uh, fewer examples today that managed to produce a festival uh, during the COVID-19. So um, I want to ask you a little bit more in details for the audience that maybe are not that familiar with the Narnia Festival, uh, how the idea of the Narnia Festival came, came about and specifically about this uh, edition of the Narnia Festival, how was it, what were the protagonists and uh, what were also the educational programs that you uh, managed to, uh, to put into place? Yes, of course, I had to deal with a lot of different situations that I was not accustomed to. And uh, I had to be smart and use my imagination. And uh, uh, the final point was to produce a festival that didn't have anything less than the previous years. That mm -hmm. was my goal. So in metal proposals, so such as concerts and uh, plays and shows and so on, I try to keep the great variety that Narnia Festivals mm -hmm. all, always offers in different genres in music. We go from classical to sacred to jazz. This year I had swing, I had blues. Um, it was very, very interesting as a proposal. And I also wanted to cheer up people. So the concerts and the programs were kind of a, a happy, happy programs. And uh, that played a very important role for the audience. You know, they felt like, you know, life was starting again. So we had uh, a huge crowd, huge crowds all the time. All the concerts were sold out. Still, we had less seats in the hall, but you know, like the uh, request to come was beyond my imagination. And that showed me that there is really this uh, will to go back to normal, normality and normal life. Um, in matter of uh, programs for the students, of course, uh, with great regret, I uh, couldn't have uh, foreigners, right? Because many of them had problems so just getting traveling. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially Americans. So a lot of uh, programs that were based on American students, uh, we couldn't have those. Uh, but instead, we had uh, many more Italians participating. So um, I was very surprised to see that too, but just because also young people had to go through the lockdown and they couldn't have real lessons with teachers, so they did only online. So there, there was this necessity to do it again. And as I said, the festival, they didn't have anything less than before, maybe more because yeah. of the special joy of being there, you know? So it was really, a beautiful feast for everybody and I have to say that we were also very good in organizing uh, the festival due the conditions and following the rules and people participating followed the rules so it was uh, a nice meet and with a lot of joy so that was really beautiful 
That's why I wish I could have been there. Um, I know. Actually, I've never been on even one here. time because there's always something that we need to do here in New York City. So in this moment in time, uh, when the, the Narnia Festival is on, I'm always in New York, but I promise I will manage to come uh, next year. And, um, and it's so the Apple 10th to... anniversary next year. Oh, so you can next celebrate year I'm there. us. Next year I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm... Um, I wanted to ask you, just so that our audience can, can understand more in depth, uh, why Narni? I mean, I know it because I've been interviewing for, I've been interviewing a, a lot of times, but uh, why Narni and why, you, because you're attached to those roots, and also with the Narni Festival, uh, you explore music, but uh, there's also beautiful explore, exploration of other territories. So we got also into a journey through the Umbria region. So tell us a little bit more uh, about your, your roots and the beauty of Umbria yes. through the Narnia Festival. Okay, I was born in Terni, that's Umbria. I love Umbria. <laughs> Umbria. <laughs> it's right in the center of Italy. It's a very special region, not too big, but mostly hills and mountains. Yeah. So very, very green. It's called the green heart of Italy. And of course, like I'm very attached to my place, that's my roots. So even though I live in America and I live traveling, traveling in the world, uh, home is always home, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, it happened about 10 years ago that uh, I went back to Narni, specifically Narni is where my parents live but not where I grew up. I grew up in Terni, the main city nearby. So um, they asked me to inaugurate a new auditorium in Narni. And so I just went back to Narni kind of with different eyes, like the foreigner's eyes. And I discovered a beautiful, beautiful little village. It's all medieval. The historic center is really gorgeous. And uh, there are a lot of beautiful locations such as churches, ancient churches, and then the palaces, and then we have an opera theater. And then I inaugurated this wonderful auditorium that is built on an ancient Byzantine church. So you can see the ruins behind the stage, which is in glass. So you can just see right. the little church behind. And I, I thought that I was in a fairy tale, you know, like, um, and right away, I thought that I had to do something there. I had to start uh, bringing culture and music and, uh, and activities. And so I started in a very small way, you know, like bringing my New York friends to Italy, uh, all musicians, of course, to start the festival. And then I must say that in nine years, the festival grew very, very much, and it became uh, became a big festival, which is a big responsibility for me because you know, like when you do a lot, then there are a lot of more people to deal with, and uh, trying to make everybody happy, you know, it's a big deal. But it gives me joy because I see that a lot of people are coming and they are coming back, and they are bringing their colleagues and they are bringing their friends, and students are coming more and more. So. Um, we expanded also uh, the offer of our um, learning programs. Mm -hmm. And now we have, for example, a huge vocal program. We produce operas with singers, especially from America. We have a musical theater program. We have an instrumental program, which includes also the junior division with kids. So we take oh. kids six years and up, and that's very, very beautiful and cute. And then uh, this year we started with uh, um, a theater workshop. So acting, 
that I is also so. very interesting. We also have dance, and the program this year doubled the number in, in the numbers in dance. So there was a lot of more people coming. Um, and then we also have uh, uh, Italian language and culture programs, and also culture and leisure programs. Uh, uh, these are uh, geared to uh, families or you know friends of people who come to the festival, students, and we offer a lot of tours, guided tours, to discover beautiful Umbria because there is a lot to see in the region and that is part, you know, of the offer at Narnia Festival. Narnia Festival, as I used to say, is not just a musical festival. We do art, 360 degrees, art and culture and a lot of offers in uh, any field and it's also very interesting because all these arts just work together, you know, and so the shows that I present at Narnia Festival are mainly done by the artists who are there at that time. So they are mm -hmm. unique. You don't, you don't unique. see yeah. show somewhere else because we produce it at the Narnia Festival and we, uh, I have to get ideas, of course, but in that case, I'm very creative because I love to do this and just put different artists together. So. Uh, very commonly, you can see at the Narnia Festival a concert with music, but let's say um, slides in the background and you can see dancers or maybe an actor. So it's, it's just a mixture of different arts and art forms. Well, that's fine. So it's a, a, like a multimedia platform and, exactly. and, and it's in a fairyland kind of like atmosphere. And I love like this uh, play on word because of course Narni is the city, but also uh, reminds us the Narnia Chronicles, right? So this this fantasy that you that you exactly. like immersed in and, when and you see, experience. You is so God inspired by Narnia. Narnia is the Latin name of Narni. Now it's Narni, the modern name, but Latin name is Narnia. So when he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. it is indeed this uh, kind of a fairy tale uh, little village that. I wanted to make it like an American campus in, in a medieval village, so to unify my two cultures, because I am Italian, but I'm also American, and I like things in both countries, so I try to uh, unify these two uh, parts of myself in, a, right. in one festival, and that is the Narnia Festival. Yes, and also I think I you have uh, a way to uh, uh, make it, uh, to bring into communication the past and the contemporary times that we live in. Also, as a classical pianist, because I've experienced you on stage, and what I liked about your way that you do you perform on stage, that you play, of course, beautifully in the classical tunes, but also you you like to explain the tunes. You like to explain the stories behind uh, the composers, and when it comes to opera, about the stories in uh, of the of the operas, and and then you make the audience feel uh, closer to a material that sometimes could be perceived as, as, as difficult to absorb, like classical music or, or opera. And I think that at this very modern way that you, that you approach classical music, it's beautiful and, and uh, makes you like a natural mentor also for the younger generation. They want to approach classical music and the, not to feel uh, like a distant world that it's difficult for them to, uh, to experience or to embrace. So based on this, I wanted to ask you, since we've been through this very, uh, this very transformative time and uh, all the world is in turmoil, um, thinking back of the stories uh, in the Italian operas or the messages in classical music, there were some, some messages that you 
found uh, in music that were renewed that you felt like this can really speak for, this could be a really message of, of hope for the world at the moment in China we're living in. Yeah, of course. There is a message always in music, in art, in different art forms. Um, I, as you said, I love to tell stories about mm -hmm. the composers and the pieces that I play. And that is a way to make my audience closer to what I'm going to play, you know, in, in, in a concert. Um, when I study these composers, so I studied the opera and, and so on, I always try to look at the life, the human being mm -hmm. beside the composer. And that teaches me even more than just the music, you know, right. because all these geniuses were human beings and they've been through lives with ups and downs, with problems, with messages that they sent us. And uh, I should name one on top of everybody else, Beethoven. Beethoven, for example, was a big fighter against his destiny, you know, mm -hmm. like he had a very difficult life, but um, he overcame the problems. He overcame the fact that he became deaf and he composed amazing music. I mean, we are talking about the top of the top of the top. A genius, of course. Death, you know, and uh, if you think about uh, a human being, again, not a composer, a human being who, when he was 30 years old, he realizes that he's going to be completely deaf and his job was to play, to compose. How am I going to do that? He even conceived suicide, you know, like he thought to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. But then he found inspiration in the music, in the, music. In, in the art. And what came was just, you know, a victory. Uh, if I look at his music towards the end of his life, it's even more beautiful. It has a lot of meanings. It has this uh, um, strong will of winning, of going ahead, of overcoming all the adversities and problems. So that's to me is a wonderful message. Besides this year, we celebrated the 250th anniversary of, of Beethoven's Beethoven. birth. So yeah. It's a big, big Beethoven's year. And, uh, but I believe, you know, not only Beethoven, but a lot of these composers sent us uh, messages not only about music but about life about, about life with life and listening to their music knowing that part of their life which i'm trying to tell in my concert mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i believe it's very enriching you know because yeah. uh, uh, the messages can be very very strong very strong yes, yes. well yeah i do i do really believe that life uh, uh, mimics uh, art and art mimics life that they're a reflection of, of each other of course and also in our journey, that's why we are, we are exploring the, the, the artist in our creativity will save us. That's, that's one of the first thing uh, for the human being is to cling to art, uh, to beauty, to, uh, uh, to expression, to the expression of art, to, to kind of like uh, reflect themselves and understand what's going on and find, and find peace and find solace. So I think that all the work that artists do uh, in, in the world is, is a very... Uh, I would I would get to say also spiritual. There's a spiritual connection in between uh, the audience and an artist performing on stage. Something mystical happens, and and then you can feel it subliminally through the music. But also when you go behind the music, and you understand why the artist put that into a, a piece of writing or into a, a tune, then you really understand how life is expressed in music. And that's I think one of the best 
one of one of the best things that can ever happen to the human being is art. So, um, yes. thank you, thank yes. you so very much for being one of those lights uh, for us. <laughs> and, um, and but one, I wanted to go back a little bit more into um, because I wanted also to explore uh, um, to see kind of like what could be the future of, of uh, the music business because behind of course like these very spiritual messages there's also the work of, of an artist which it could be very challenging specifically now with COVID-19 so I wanted to ask you since you're like immersed in this business uh, how are you envisioning the future of classical music of the of events of staging the events and uh, of course Italy is in a special uh, situation right now because uh, you know they flattened the, the curve flattened so there were uh, more. Uh, there was a little bit more agility in doing events. But what about the rest of the world? How do you think you could travel, go back to your stages in Europe or in, or in New York City? How do you see that happening? Well, I believe that uh, we have to suffer a little bit still because things are not going to be solved very quickly. We have to be patient. But I try to think about uh, different situations in history. Other human beings have been through wars, have been through terrible things, and uh, they had to retain from doing what they love to do. I believe this is a time. We unfortunately live in this time, and we are right in the middle of it. Yes, in Italy, it's a little better, but I don't believe that it's going to last this good. Uh, I, I hope I'm going to be wrong about this, right. but I, I don't know. I think that it will take some time. And in this time, I don't think that anything special will happen for artists and musicians. If not, uh, that we will do what we have been doing so far. We will use more the internet and do more things over the internet, which as I said at the beginning, of course, is not like doing a concert live, but it has also some advantages, which are, for example, reaching out to a lot of people around the world like i don't have to be in australia to have Warm, a yeah. person look at me when yeah. i play online you know so we always have to balance a little bit what what we have as i say let's not think that everything is bad we can find good things even in the bad things yeah um, having said that uh, um of course i wish that all this would end very soon and uh, uh let's see you know how things will be but I'm positive that by the time we will be back to a normal life, mm -hmm. a lot of more people will like to go to concerts course, and a lot of more artists will love to be on stage because, as I said, when you deprive someone from doing something that they love, then when you give it back, of course, a lot of more passion yeah. is in there, yeah. you know, in attending and in proposing. You value it more, yeah. Yeah. So, but for the moment, I think we just have to do what we're doing. There is no other solution, you know, for now. And uh, we have to use the technology that luckily enough we have these days um, and wait and wait for the best. Uh, and I'm sure we will go back uh, for what uh, regards, you know, I have to be here for the moment in Italy. Uh, and I will wait until things uh, will become better and, uh, you know, I, I can feel safe, travel again, because ultimately we have to try to feel safe and be healthy. You know, that's the, the most important thing. That's the most important thing, of yeah. course.
course. Yes. I'm really looking forward to see you back at Carnegie Hall as soon as you oh, me too. come back. You know, <laughs> I had two concerts at Carnegie Hall canceled because of COVID. The one in March, I know. I can just imagine. I can just imagine. That. Yeah, but I'm very, very happy to go back. Hopefully, by next year, spring next 2021. Yeah, so hopefully. So uh, looking at the future, but also the present, is there, uh, what are the artistic projects that you're working on right now? Are you doing transcriptions? Are you working on original materials because you're also a composer? Yes, actually, um, I've been composing during the lockdown and uh, um, I, I was doing a little more of that because I simply had more time to do it. Right. And I want to do more transcriptions and more of my own compositions. And you know that I love these days to transcribe opera for the piano. Mm -hmm. And I'm conceiving a, another CD of uh, uh, my music, my transcriptions of different arias and, and, and operas. Um, that's a way for me as a pianist to uh, bring the Italian repertoire to the mm -hmm. world. Of course, I don't sing, so I just play the piano. And therefore, I'm doing my own transcriptions of uh, uh, what is the most known in the world being Italian opera. Mm -hmm. you know? so I, I like to bring this repertoire to, to the world. Um, unfortunately, as uh, piano music, you know, we don't have so much written by Italian yeah. composers. Yeah compared to opera or compared to different composers, compared to Germany or Germany. Austria, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so Italy was opera, especially in the 18 and 1900s, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we are famous for. That's where I would say we are the best. <laughs> and so I, I love to transcribe this repertoire for piano. And by doing that, I always learn, you know, so it's a process. By, by knowing more the operas and the stories, the stories are amazing, you know, like they talk about life, you find so many feelings in there, so many, um, it's, it's like real life on stage, it so is, yes. the characters yes. and how the musicians treated the melodic line and so on, it's very, very interesting, very beautiful, and so that's, that's what I'm doing for now, and of course I'm going to learn new pieces that I want to play, as soon as I will be back on stage. Be back on stage. <laughs> yeah. There is one. There is one in particular that you're working on, or that you're loving so much right now, in terms of well, an um, opera. Yes, I want to approach the symphonies by Beethoven, transcribed by Liszt. That's one of my mm -hmm. goals, just because I'm very much into the Beethoven mode this year. Because um, it's the anniversary, also. It, because yeah. of the anniversary, but uh, uh, you know, I used to play all the 32 sonatas for piano. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I did that about 10 years ago in concerts, and uh, it was an amazing work. And I did all five concertos for piano and orchestra by Beethoven right. back in January when we could play concerts. And now I just miss the symphonies, so I, <laughs> I would like to do that. To do that. Uh, I'm going to have a little more time and, of course, continue with my transcriptions and operas and uh, um, even different pieces that I discover because being so much on the internet these days, I have the mm -hmm. chance to listen to other pieces and, and just get inspired. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, uh, we, you were the first again to transcribe the, 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 the Beethoven sonatas, right, for piano. Or there was something about that that it was 
Probably South American music. South American music. Pictures of tangos by Piazzolla. Oh, yes, yes. I remember tango by Piazzolla. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I love South American music and I did a lot of transcriptions of uh, tangos and also Cuban music by Ernesto Lepona. And uh, that stays with me. You know, it's a different genre, but uh, um, I learned a lot by getting into it. You know, I also learned to dance tango just to be closer yes. to the music yes, I remember that. and uh and you can also uh, dance tango at the nanya festival right you have uh sometimes i do tango, yeah. right? <laughs> i i have fun you know yeah fun <laughs> yeah but that's a way to get into you know the mode of, of this specific music and uh um and i believe that uh, approaching it being a classical pianist it was a big step, but then what I learned being in that genre enriched me in my classical, uh, you know, music. So yeah. uh, it always comes and goes, you know, you always learn, you always learn different genres, different styles. Uh, Contaminations uh, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so very much, Christiana. Where can we find info about you? Tell the audience about your website or your social yes. media so we can follow your... Of course. Uh, first of all, social medias. I'm on Facebook. I have uh, two pages on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Um, I have a channel on YouTube and uh, I have Twitter. Now, uh, I have a website, cristianapegoraro.com. And also, if you want to explore the Narnia Festival, again, uh, we have uh, a page on Facebook and uh, on Instagram and also a website, uh, narniafestival.com, and mm -hmm. you can find all the information there, yes. Thank you so very much, Christiana. Uh, if people miss this conversation, uh, we're gonna add it into a podcast version, and then also we're gonna put this conversation on YouTube, so people can catch up on our conversation on the beautiful things that you're doing with the Narnia Festival, but also with your, your career as, as an artist. We can't wait to see you back in the United States or that we can travel finally back to Italy and yes. enjoy, enjoy the Italian stages and the Italian summer that I wish you're, you're enjoying right, right now. And so I really hope to, to see you soon, to talk to you soon. Thank you so very much. I want to remind our audience that uh, you can find all these contents on our Instagram, uh, on our Facebook, Creative Poison, on our website, www.creativepoison.com, and then official YouTube channel, and follow us and follow the wonderful Cristiana Pegoraro. Thank you so very much, Cristiana. Thank you. Thank you, Tommaso, and bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you for following ciao. us. Ciao. Ciao. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.